0: How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases To tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful i'm taylor McGilvery. join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives we're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs we're exploring how these advancements touch lives reshape communities and pave the way for a brighter future subscribe to new wave on your favorite platform be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers.
3: baby
2: hello sugar dumpling i well, don't i don't
3: feel like a sugar dumpling this morning no no why not it's so early and i didn't get much sleep last night and i haven't had coffee and i'm a cranky i'm a cranky quiche
2: you can't be a cranky quiche it's world sexual health day
3: oh on well, that <laughs> case I'm a I'm a fucking I'm a fucking lubed up sugar dumpling, Daddy.
2: Oh, I like that.
3: I don't, I uh, don't think I do like that. That makes me feel weird.
2: A lubed up sugar dumpling is <coughs> I oh. I I just can't quite wrap my head around what that would. Um, oh. Is it lubed up with like a like a gelatinous sugar glaze?
3: Mm, no, it's lubed up with some uh, some of that with. Cake ice, icing that I made with my cum.
0: Ooh.
3: Yeah. How gross can we make this? <laughs> That's nasty. Actually, speaking of really yum, uh, yesterday I had a donut. Um, uh, or I guess it was a donut. I don't even know what it was. It, it didn't look like a donut. It looked like a. It looked like a bow, but it was. It was definitely a donut. A bow. Yeah, bow. Like a bow bun. Like a steam okay, bun, okay.
2: Like, like a steam bun, but it
3: didn't look like a steam bun. It was just shaped like that. You know what I mean? I, so, I guess it was a donut. I'm used to donuts with a hole in it, right? So, anyway, it was kind of so. It was, it, but it was this like little pocket, and it was from this bakery here in Halifax, and um, and they do like really really great stuff, and I, man, I just look if there's anyone out there who listens to this show, and you, you just get the urge to like. Send us a gift. Just send me donuts. Just send me a big old fucking box of donuts.
2: I do not endorse this message. Ah. I'm going I'm just googling donut oh, puns. Hang on. Oh this could be a wonderful this beginning of a n- wonderful thing.
3: No, 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 no. We are not a
2: glazing a glazing donut puns.
3: Oh my god! That you'll
2: love dough much.
3: Oh s- yeah. Stop it. Is that what, you hate it? Is, don't that, you? is that actually what that article says?
2: Uh, that is the name of the but, article, but yeah. Twenty-five, love- a glazing donut puns that you'll love dough much.
3: Okay, you know what? Let's go back to World Sexual <laughs>
2: Health. <laughs> Woo! Oh gosh. Okay. Do you know? Um, I would like to start this because uh, this episode with a definition, um, from World Sexual Health Organization, um, of what sexual health actually is. Are you da- are you down?
3: Yeah, for I'm, that? yeah, I'm down for that because uh, you know what? I don't. Yeah, you what's sexual health? Okay. I guess I've never really uh, thought about it. Like, you know, I, I, well, I guess when I think about sexual health, I think, like, you know, maybe I'm, yeah, well, I, I think about, um, it makes me think about, you know, the health of the, uh, the health. So it makes me think about, like, STIs, right? Right. Um, that's, like, one of the first things that comes to mind because, like, I'm thinking, all right, like, what are, what's the health with, like, our sexual, our reproductive organs and like Mm. STIs comes from sexual transmitted infections. It's all, it's based off sex, um, sexual health. I also think of like, um, like I think about it from like a perspective of like, uh, like communication and Mm. like almost from a, like a relationship health kind of side of things, but more so, you know, in the bedroom practicing, like, you know, safety while practicing sex, like for example, BDSM or something, and having right. clear boundaries and having safe words and stuff like that. I, th- I feel like that would fall under sexual health. Perhaps mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. these are just some of the things that I think about that I've thought about uh, having never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me what the what the smart people doctors say?
2: I will too, but first I'm going to tell you what, what I what my Oh, interpretation. Of oh, okay. I thought you already is.
3: read that. I thought you were like you had the fucking answers already. So I do.
2: I have. I have the answers there. What do I mean? Oh, so I, I, I'll read okay, it to you're you. You're cheating. That's cool. Yeah, yep. I already read the Go answers to this book. But so, from my very own brain and my very own intelligence, uh, with no influence from the internet, sexual health uh, for me personally. Well, you know what? Actually, I, I agree with you. Those are the the things you just said are the first things that come to mind. Um, I also think, you know, it encompasses like, a, you know, a certain amount of comfortability um, and like acceptance of our own sexuality. So from a mental health perspective, like mm. um, feeling peaceful or, you know, like just having a good relationship to... Um, To sex. Yourself sexually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And as a sexual being. Right. You know, not be like getting rid of shame, working through those sorts of things. So you get to a place of like, ah, this is who I am and what I'm into and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that mental health perspective and, um, and also a big one for me is um just as of recently well as in the last couple of years and i've i've talked big about this but i actually haven't taken any action um is for, is like overall the general health of your sexual organs and you said this too and you brought it up in relation to like sdis but also at, like Re- being able to read your sexual organs, or for for people with um, menstrual cycles, uh, reading those, read like getting to understand all the information that's available to you through your re- like the cycle uh, that that I have, and um, and what it can inform about my overall health. So reading the like the right. messages that come from my sexual organs about the overall health of my of my body.
3: Even, so, do you mean like, uh, do you mean like, you know, when you had BV, like the, like reading the hot wharf smell and going, hmm, that something, something is awry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Being able to read, knowing the difference for sure. I think this is a big one for a lot of young people or older people who, like I see sometimes like, you know, when you go into somebody else's bathroom and like, mm. there's like a vaginal douche on the tub and you're like, <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on one second. <laughs>
3: Wait, is, does that happen? Does that happen Oh my you, god!
2: You know yeah, vaginal yeah, I douche. Was, Hold on. Wait, I isn't was, isn't
3: douche isn't a douche a isn't it a tool? I'm a fucking idiot. It's not. No, is it? it's, it's a, a
2: wa- It's a sh- it's douche. It's is, like shampoo. Is a wash. Yeah.
3: Oh, oh! Yeah. Why did I think a douche was like a like a turkey baster kind of thing that shoots it up into your into the into the the yoni?
2: I mean, it could it could be also maybe perhaps it also extends to. It's a broad term for right, sure. douche, douche as an applicator. Anyway, douche, I don't know.
3: Douche. Okay, so all right, sorry, I cut you off. So you you were saying um, you know, knowing the difference. You were saying you know when you go into someone's house, and this happens all the time. And the douche, <laughs> the douche is just the douche is just out on the yeah. on the ki- ki- on the counter. Um, yes, I do know what that's like.
2: You know what that's like.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's so a, basically, and, and that's bad. Yeah, that's bad news. Bears. You th- you, you're you're saying. You think.
2: Yeah. You you're not you're not supposed to yeah. put things like that into a vagina. Um. And and so like what you mentioned with the BV thing is like recognizing the difference between the normal healthy smell of a vagina versus like right. something is wrong. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because, lots of yeah. Right. Because vaginas. You, you are a Mr. Interrupter this morning.
0: Oh my god. Oh uh, my god. I'm trying to have fun. I'm I can't uh,
2: even get through my sentence. Oh my God. Okay,
3: okay, okay. I'm I'm okay. I'll go back to being <laughs> a being a, a cranky quiche. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I love that interrupting people cheers you up and <laughs> not interrupting people <laughs> means that you're cranky. It does. Um, your vagina does not need to smell like flowers or, you know, vanilla Ooh. frosting. It should just smell like vagina, yeah. not like BB. Well,
3: vaginas are full of bacteria and, yeah. and they need to be like, that's a, yeah. that's a really important part of the, the, the way a vagina functions is to be, is to be just, just a a hot box of bacteria and, uh, and sometimes bad bacteria and that's, and then that needs to get fixed, but. But you you don't want to you don't want to wash away. The, that's why that's why I like using antibacterial or sorry yeah antibacterial soap is is frowned upon. You're not supposed mm. to you're not supposed to use antibacterial soap because it strips you of the bacteria that you need the good bacteria.
2: Right, so. and antibiotics need to be followed up with probiotics because it kills all the biotics, yeah
3: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: all the antibodies and not and not just. The- The bad ones. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, you know, I've been talking for a long time about learning how to track my cycle and, um, which is called the fertility awareness method, which is different than the rhythm method. And I'm, I'm just learning. I've I've got this book called taking charge of your fertility, which is misleading because people see this book on my shelf and they're like, are you trying to get pregnant? I'm (laughs) like, no, I'm specifically trying to not get pregnant.
3: They they Um, see that book on the shelf right next to your douche and they're like, what's going on here? (laughs)
2: Um, so I'm only on page 40 and, uh, I'm learning things about the anatomy of, you know, I've, I've seen so many photos of like, here's the anatomy of, of, uh, the penis and all of those organs. And here's the anatomy of the vagina and all those organs. Anyway, Mm. I learned something, um, and I was not expecting to about the male, this is well the you know this book is from like I think the 70s but it's called yeah and uh it says it's male reproductive anatomy and the epididymis have you ever heard of that before
3: I'm sorry what did you just call me
2: epididymis How dare you <laughs> <laughs> uh 20 this is uh the arrow here is pointing it, it, it's a uh, it's um right behind it's inside the scrotum behind the testicles and it's a 20-foot-long, <laughs> that's right, uh, now that I have your attention, a 20-foot-long series <laughs> of, <laughs> of ultra-thin, tightly-coiled tubes that mature and store young sperm cells.
3: Whoa, I, it, so wait, do I not have that? I must not have well, that.
2: because we always thought well, that, maybe I that, do have that you didn't have the vas deferens. <clears throat>
3: Part I. I don't know. I think it's just I'm like clogged. I, I think so. What it is is that my the highway is is yeah. clogged up. The highway is okay. ba- is a backlogged.
2: Okay, so I don't know because the the um, vas deferens is a, a pair of approximately fifteen inch long tubes that carry sperm to the semical vesicles. Um, but and the epididymis is a twenty foot long series of ultra thin, <laughs> tightly coiled tubes that mature and store young sperm cells. It takes two two to twelve days. For sperm to pass through, during which time they develop swimming ability, it's their training ground, and attain fertilization capability.
3: Yeah. Y- you are saying sizes that just do not compute with uh, what's going on inside me.
2: Tightly coiled. Tightly uh, coiled.
3: 15 inches? <laughs> um, let me tell you, uh, not even half that. Uh, 20 feet? <laughs> I mean... You know. Let's get real here.
2: <laughs> Nobody's got that going on. This book is
3: uh, no shit. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say nobody. Okay. I wouldn't say nobody. Anyway, uh, well, uh great. So 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 wait, can you read what the World Health Organization said uh that the, the the sexual health uh um who are they?
2: The World Health World Organization. Th- oh, the oh, the,
3: oh, who? Oh, who said The Who? It? Okay.
2: Yeah. So who says, according to the working, current working definition, which, which it looks like this was established in 2006, so that's interesting, <clears throat> a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. It is not merely uh. the absence of disease, dysfunction, or infirmity. Sexual health requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality Ooh. and sexual relationships, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences free of coercion, discrimination, and violence. Mm. For sexual health to be attained and maintained, the sexual rights of all persons must be res- respected, protected, and fulfilled.
3: Huh. Isn't that cool? I like it. I and just like it.
2: Just below that, it says, uh, it says sexual health cannot be defined, understood, or made operational without a broad consideration of sexuality, which underlies important behaviors and outcomes related to sexual health. The working definition of sexuality is a central aspect of being human throughout life, encompasses sex, gender identities, and roles, sexual orientation, eroticism, pleasure, mm. Mm. intimacy, mm. and reproduction. Get that? Like in school, it was like sex is about reproduction, period.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah. wait, what, what did we watch the other day? Uh, we watched Mean Girls. Um, and, uh, and if you have the, sex, the, you will die. Yeah, yeah, his ed teacher teaching sex ed. Uh, and, then, and then at the end, he's like, who wants some rubbers? <laughs>
2: um, so this also says sexuality is experienced and expressed in thoughts fantasies, mm-hmm. desires, mm-hmm. beliefs, mm-hmm. attitudes, values, behaviors, practices, roles and relationships.
3: Wow, well, who who's nailing it on this set. Uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like they're really this is really speaking speaking my language.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with that. Who? Well, so it's interesting cuz we we do cover all that kind of stuff in this in this in this you know show and and I, d- I don't know if i ever would have described us previous as like a sexual health show
3: but we kind of are oh we de- I, we definitely are yeah we do
2: talk about all these things yeah
3: totally um yeah, i'm i'm trying to hey patrons uh just so you know we are filming our uh, our Four plays. And if you if you want to be watching what's happening right now, you can watch this over at patreon.com slash turn me on. Um, and I'm just here trying to adjust your camera because you keep changing where you're sitting. Oh,
2: I shit. Oh, shit. Uh, Shoot. You, Shoot. Are
3: you shitting? Are you sh- <laughs> that's, and that's that. And folks, it is wild. You got to go to patreon.com slash turn me on because Bridie is currently shitting on the There's- podcast. And if you want to see that, <laughs> if you want to see no. that, all you have to do is pay us a little bit of your money. And you can watch Bridey shit on Turn Me On Podcast.
2: (laughs) You absolutely 100% cannot. I don't even let anyone in the bathroom.
3: (laughs) You know what? I actually had this thought today. I literally thought about this today, Bride. I was laying in bed trying to wake up this morning. And uh, because I knew that we had to record. It's fucking early. Okay. And so I was like, I'm going to get up early. I didn't get much sleep last night. So I was like, okay, like I got to get up and like make sure I'm awake for this. And so I was laying in bed, and I was, I was, you know, I've been daydreaming about getting a, getting a van like you and Todd, and and, yeah. and have my own version of that. <clears throat> and uh, I was looking at a, a school bus that someone had, was converting, and I was like, this is cool. I like the way that this looks. And the bathroom was right off the side of the, of the bed, and I was like, huh. I wonder, like, when Brady and Todd do their trips like how but then i was like oh they don't have a toilet because i because i was always thinking like you whenever you're whenever whenever you go to relieve yourself Mm -hmm. you uh you very much uh, you you're very secretive about it i would never know but no but I but i'm the very opposite i mean not like i'll be i'll be taking a shit and you just
2: announce it to the house oh i'll make a big old nose
3: like a big huge noise and i'll go did anyone hear that you know and it's just, yeah. it's fun. That's fun for me. But you, you, you've, you uh, and, and that, uh, so I'm that, stealthy. And that stays, even you, with Sometimes you and Todd, I won't poop it's, for the same, days. it's the same with you and Todd. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, no, I don't, really? I don't, Interesting. uh, yeah, I don't like that.
3: So I, I have, yeah, so I'm, in, so I'm in, an, I'm, I'm, I'm in a like a budding new relationship and, um, and it's all like really cute and new and fun. And, uh, and I've been I've been realizing like every once in a while I'm like man I got a fart, but I'm I'm like it's too not, soon I'm not there I'm not there well I, I uh, fuck that too soon There's, it's never too soon it's don't just,
2: break that barrier
3: that, no well <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I'm talking to the person who literally goes out of their way to yeah to avoid it so me may, yeah maybe maybe not but as know. soon
2: as as soon so I've always <laughs> been like I've always had like belly troubles and so I can be quite gassy. Um, and that is even like, like now, like it happens in my sleep and I, even that is just kind of, I, I just deny it.
3: I thought about this. I deny, thought about, deny, deny. I thought about this too. I thought about this like yesterday. Why am I thinking about you farting and pooping so much? I was <laughs> like, I thought about yesterday. I thought about you farting in your sleep and I was like, it's like, it's really, it's really Shut cute. Up. It's really Shut cute. Up. It's so cute though. You just lay there and you're like. So funny, and then I'm laying there, and I'm like,
2: just laughing. The people are watching this. <laughs> so uncomfortable.
3: I'm so glad we have this podcast. Um, what else? What else? What else do we got? This we got This folks, this is a really fun episode. We uh, we we it's coming up to you soon, but we we got some other stuff to get to before we do. But uh, coming up, we spoke with uh, Doctor Jay Wood, Jessica Wood, um, and uh, she is she she knows her shit when it comes to sex and sex health and relationships. And um, we got together and we talked about a little study put together from our friends at Ccan. And Trojan, uh, this is the second time we've partnered up with them to bring you some some stats from some studies that they've put out. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all about sex during the world, uh, dr- during the, the pandemic, sex during mm-hmm. COVID, and all these interesting things that we should really be keeping in mind. And especially for all of you out there who are listening to this podcast, who are going back to school, um, uh, fuck like... Today, you know what I mean. Like you guys are all that you're there. I spoke to Laurier yesterday. I gave a uh, a keynote to all the cool. new students at Laurier yesterday. So you're all there. You're all you're all in in a really unique time in your life, and you're all. It's very exciting, and there's lots of sex to be had. There's lots of sex to be had on lots those universities. Lots of
2: sex to be had and on why those university not have, campuses.
3: But you got to have it safely. You got to have safely. it safely. And, yeah, and there's, a, and there's goddamn fucking. The, COVID's out there so you got it you know so anyway it's out there we're going to get into that uh, but before we do yeah. let's throw to a quick brain boner uh okay. bride it, well. it, so, so a quick brain boner this well. is a this is a bit of a brain boner um mm-hmm. do you want to do you want to preface it real quick bride
2: yeah totally so um uh, back in March, I got an email from a listener, and uh, it was a really interesting um, brain boner. But we didn't have time to tackle it at the, at the at the moment. And I, about a month later, I wrote back to this person. and I said, "Can I get an update? Because we'd love to tackle this." And then, yet again, we, you know, life got distracting, and we never we never got to it. And then, uh, and then. And then a couple of days ago, we got a, a third update. So this brain boner is um, a series of messages, three different messages from the same listener. And, um, we hope that, uh, that this will be helpful finally for you to uh to get get some solutions to your problem but we thought we would um, just mix it up a little since it was so so much um and add a different voice to the podcast episode today uh just for your listening pleasure um this (laughs) message will be narrated by none other than the uh, fantastic um and uh beautifully uh, talented actor charlene
4: McLean, who is my mother
3: amazing all right let's throw to that brain butter.
4: march 25th hey jeremy and bridie what i have isn't so much of a brain boner but i have come upon a point in my life where i could use some poly advice let me start off with my primary partnership Anne is my best friend and we have known each other since high school She was there for me when I needed to move across the country for work, and we hadn't seen each other in four years. I asked her if we could live together, and she was gay. It's now almost two years in May since we've moved in together, and it turned out better than either of us could have hoped for. And we talk about this all the time. She is my best friend and the closest I've ever been to another human before. We've gone through romantic relationships, ups and downs together, family struggles and the stresses of daily life. I should state here that our relationship has never been, and I don't think ever will be, sexual. We are friends who love and respect each other deeply, as deeply as romantic partners, just no sex. Well, she has recently, in December, started seeing S, Now, her and S have known each other in another life and have come back together to form a bond that neither of them was expecting and spent every weekend with him over the winter. And I was okay with that because we thought that S would be leaving at the end of his working season. But now with the COVID havoc, he isn't leaving the country. And I'm having a hard time sharing my time with N and with S. I don't feel like I was prioritized at all this winter. All three of us are quarantining together, and they come and go from his place to ours. I haven't had much time alone with Anne to talk all my feelings out and see where she is on this journey that we are on together. We got to talk a little bit the other day, and I did get to my voice, to voice my deep feelings of jealousy over the unequal sharing of time, and she did hear me. I'm feeling better having written all this out. Would love to hear your thoughts on the matter. All my love to you and yours. April 23rd. Things have progressed. S is now homeless because he lost his job due to COVID and the accommodation that they were providing for him. Now, N and S had a big talk while I was away the weekend, last weekend, and decided they want to live together. I was a bit thrown off because I had no idea that this was even a thought for either of them. And it wasn't until it was presented and desired by both. Mine and N's lease is up at the end of May, so it's ideal timing for us to look at a new place, I feel a bit of apprehension still about the whole situation. S and I haven't had much time to get to know one another, and now he's living in our tiny basement apartment. With the three of us, my hope is we will be able to find a place that is big enough for all of us, and hopefully above ground. Things are looking up and getting better each day. Time is what was needed, I think. Change can be scary and can be so overwhelming, but it's not always a bad thing. August 28th. I don't know if you're still interested in tackling this brain boner, but I thought an update might be good. The three of us have found a house together. After N was stranded in an African country for two months with work and COVID, S and I had to move house together And let's just say, it wasn't ideal. When Anne came back late in June, she had to isolate for two weeks. Fast forward to late August, and things are still not exactly PT. S and I had a rough two months living together without Anne, and we are still not speaking much. I've taken lots of space from them both and had time to process process my feelings for Anne, To to me, this feels like the end of a relationship and isn't aware of the internal turmoil I'm going through. I've separated her from my personal life, despite still living together, and I'm unable to share my feelings with her because I felt emotionally manipulated by her in the past. Living with the two of them when they are so joyous in their new love is draining on me. Even with the new love in my life, it's hard to see her with him. Any advice on how to move on from a friend who you relied on as a partner, who didn't value you in the same way, would be amazing. I know this is coming on the weekend. You are saying goodbye to Big B. My heart is with you both. Having put down a pet in January 1st, I can sympathize with what you are going through. As always, all my love to you and yours.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, well, well that's a first lot. of all. That's a lot.
2: Thanks for your kind words about Big B. We mm. really appreciate it. It has been a, a bit of a, a we're, sad week.
3: We're, yeah, we're we're not. We, we won't get into that right now. No. We'll, we'll get into that maybe next week. Uh, just so we have some time to process how we want to talk about that. But yes, mm-hmm. thank you for those kind words. Very sweet. Um, what do you think, Brad? Uh, that's well, a lot. There's a lot going on there.
2: There is a lot going on there. And you know what was interesting? I, I should have kept recording on my mom when, when she had finished uh, reading it. And she said she she really was like, I've had friends like that. Um, Where, where we're from, we call them bosom buddies. This comes from Anne of Green Gables. And <laughs> Anne and Diana are bosom buddies. But that kind of like bosom friendship that, that- that's deep and intimate. And important and mm. significant and non sexual yeah. um, and I think it's really special mm. to acknowledge those kinds of relationships because there's more than just romantic relationships where you have sex with a partner mm. and non romantic relationships where all of that intimacy is you know held at arm 's length so what a wonderful friendship to have
4: mm-hmm.
2: and a wonderful significant relationship to have It does sound to me like perhaps um uh that this iteration of this relationship may have come to sort of a natural conclusion and that doesn't mean t- to me that the friendship has to be over but it, if if um when you really love someone and care about their happiness and see that they are shining their light at someone Uh, I think it's, it is a really sort of hard, difficult, but honorable thing to, um, step back and say, um, you know, this has been significant and important to me and, and, you know, it's hard for me to, to necessarily be this close to you while you're exploring a loving relationship with, with someone else. And for my own peace of mind, I'm going to extract myself and maybe look, to find and build other significant relationships in my life. Cause, mm. cause one person can't, can't hold all that for you. And, uh, and we don't want to ever inhibit someone's, you know, growth and, um, love. So to me, to be short and sweet with that, I, I think that, um, I think you're reading the situation correctly. It, it probably is the end of the relationship that, that you've, Held on to for a long time, but that doesn't mean there can't be something else that comes out of it. Um, With regards to this other person, they can Mm. they there just might be needed some needed some space there to uh, to be able to grieve the loss and 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 grow a little bit and get some perspective, and then and then maybe reconnect. That's my feeling on
3: it. I I you said it all. I have nothing to add. I think that's perfect. Yeah. 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 Friendships evolve, relationships evolve. And um and it's hard sometimes to to realize what's best in the in the in the moment when you're really caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just recently went through that with with a with a breakup and it was like, you know, it took the breakup and a little bit of space from that breakup for me to look back and go, "Oh, wait, this is actually for the best." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um. yeah, I think that, but I, I think I really like your point in that just because the, the relationship and the, and the circumstances are, have evolved doesn't mean that the friendship needs to end, you know, like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a really important thing. And so um, I think, I think like one thing definitely to, that would be great is like maybe just keep a, a maybe take a, a step back and, and try to t- try to check a bit of that jealousy <clears throat> Because, um,
0: <clears throat>
3: although jealousy is is a very natural emotion to go through, it it's one of those emotions that can that can be really um, that can be really detrimental to the growth of you as a human or to the growth of your relationships with others. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So that plus everything you just said, I think mm. is is pretty solid.
2: Yeah, if you're open to it too, like you can basically like Google meditation for anything. You yeah, know? And it can, yeah. Meditation for heartbreak or breakup or any of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think with jealousy, sitting with jealousy and letting the feelings move through you so they can they don't like they don't start to own you is really important. Um, yeah. So that that would be a nice way of of maybe soothing soothing yourself through. The difficult time, yeah.
3: And to that point, the the meditation thing. If you've never done it, if you've never meditated before, um, try it. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's uh, people say it all the time, and it's so easy to go. Yeah, I probably should. hmm, Whatever, and then never do it. Fucking try it. It Mm -hmm. is. It. I mean, you know. If you five can, minutes. if you can sit down and actually like try it and really commit to it, it, I guarantee you'll come out on the other side and go, "Whoa, that was!"
2: It's just was five something. minutes. Yeah, you just yeah. just start super digestible five minutes. But if you if you want to do that. it
3: right, like six hours straight, and you got to be <laughs> sitting, you got to be sitting really rigid, yeah. And hold your breath for about an hour of that. So, Um, all right. This is, uh, let's throw to this conversation. I fucking love this conversation. I really, really, it it was a short one, but I really want to get uh, Dr. Wood back on the podcast. I love that her name is Dr. Wood. (laughs) 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 Dr. Wood. She lives on 69 (laughs) Buttfucker (laughs) Lane.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm
3: Dr. Poop. Do you remember that from Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, God. Okay.
3: Oh, Okay. Enjoy this conversation uh, with Dr. Wood. And as we dive into some studies brought to you by c and Trojan. Right, everyone, we're here uh, hanging out with Dr. Jessica Wood, PhD, so you know it's, it's a smart person, doctor, um, uh, and we're going to dive right into the whole world of relationships and sexuality and health and well-being, but before we do, um, Dr. Jessica Wood, why don't you give us a little lowdown as to who you are and, uh, and what it is that we're actually going to be digging our, our teeth into today?
5: Awesome. Well, I am thrilled to be here and super excited for this show, or this podcast, rather. Uh, So I'm a research specialist with the Sex Information and Education Council of Canada, or CECAN for short.
3: CECAN, yeah.
5: CECAN, yeah. So, and like generally at this... um, we're in this role, I do research related to sexual health education and help to develop resources for you know, educators, for the public, for policy developers. So we did the Canadian Guidelines for Sexual Health Education, and we also did the Trojan Seekin Sexual Health and COVID-19 Fact Sheet, which is what we'll be talking about today.
3: Interesting. Okay, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> you know, COVID, COVID-19, uh, if you've been living under a rock is a global pandemic that has uh, to say the least has uh, shaken the fuck out of the entire world and in all aspects of our lives you know like it's it's really we've talked about this at length on the podcast but it's just wild to look back at the last whatever 6 months and to see how greatly our lives have been impacted and and in like all the different layers and ways that we it's been impacted but um from a sexual standpoint, this is something that I, I'm very fascinated in because, um, you know, it, it wasn't long ago. I, I remember seeing an article about um, the uh, the it was like the New York Health Authority like put out a put out a statement that was like try try using glory holes, and I was like, whoa! This is the world we live in now. Like that's really neat. That's really interesting. Um, so what what are like what getting into the the, the study of what you've been looking into um, through CCAN and and with with trojan um what are some things that I don't know that like a pleb like me might not be considering or even have like thought of
5: yeah so I mean we wanted to do this originally because you know it speaks to your point of just about sex being a really important thing for people sex and relationships and it it wasn't getting as much attention at first uh but you know covid hit us all very hard and that hits our relationships hard and it hits aspects of our sexuality hard and it's really uh you know changing our lives in all these different ways and we wanted to put something out there that you know would would help people Kind of navigate their sexual health and relationships um, while being able to um, uh, follow the public health guidelines that were in place uh, and give them some information about you know what kinds of things do they need to know what kinds of things do they need to be following and so mm. some of the things that we've focused on are you know masturbation, which is, uh, you know, one of the things that everybody can do uh, while following some of the physical distancing guidelines.
3: What is masturbation? <laughs> oh, I'm joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it's oh. a technical, <laughs> technical term. Oh, know, I thinking. I am very much joking. I know what masturbation is very well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. cut you off there. <laughs>
5: That's okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we We created these when it was like everyone was in isolation and it was like hardcore uh, mm. don't go out unless you're like going to the grocery store and um, you know physical distancing in effect. And so we're like, okay, what are the things that people really need to know during this time? And yeah, so masturbation is like you know the first and foremost we wanted to emphasize that because, you know, as you probably heard that expression, you know, you are your safest sex partner right. when it comes to COVID-19. And, you know, wash your hands, wash your sex toys, and uh, you're good to go. And it's mm-hmm. something that everybody can hopefully easily access. Uh, I know there's definitely people who don't have the time and energy and space to be alone to do it. So that's another challenge as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the first component of it. And then we also want to focus on talking to people about what does sex look like uh, when you are in a relationship with people in your household or people, you know, in your social bubble? And what does sex look like for non-household partners? Uh, and what are the gu- how do we implement the guidelines in that sense? Right. And then also, you know thinking about se- sexual health and reproductive health during this time. So the importance of, you know, contraceptives and condom use, or dental dam use. So preventing, you know, getting and passing STIs. And if you don't want to be pregnant during this time, like trying to think about what are the things people need to to do and know to, you know, make sure that they're, they're able to manage and enhance their sexual right. and reproductive health.
3: Do we like, <clears throat> do, does, does, do we think there's gonna be a just a buttload of COVID babies pop like popping up? I, I don't mean like I don't mean COVID infected babies, but I mean like babies that are just like, you know
2: born
5: nine out, months born from
3: not yeah, nine months from April, just like a whole new boom of, of COVID-made babies from lockdown times?
5: That's a good question. Some people have hypothesized that yep, we're gonna see this, you know, big boom of babies because everybody's in lockdown and they're gonna be having more sex. Mm. Uh Some of the research so far that's coming out i mean we don't have like canadian uh data yet but some of the research so far is showing that people are having sex less frequently
0: Hmm.
5: um and people who have been there was one study that looked at like the length of time they were isolated people who were isolated longer were more likely to have sex a little bit uh more frequently Hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't like people were having a ton of sex Uh, You know, people are stressed, people were dealing with a lot of other COVID related stressors like job loss, and working while parenting and having kids at home or taking care of other family members, which can all really impact, you know, our desire and our sex lives and our ability to access, uh, you know, those different parts of ourselves that are important for sex. So, so far, uh, any research showing that we will see this big COVID baby boom.
3: Right, right. Yeah, it's it's funny because I was, you know, I've thought about this a number of times, but one of the things that came up in my mind was like, okay, COVID's happening. People are locked in their houses, but like people aren't, people are going to stop having Like people are just, the, the longer they go without the sex, the the more they, they're going to just need to get out there and, and get fucking. And, but I guess you're, you know, I didn't really think about it that way about how, you know, when we add all these, these extra stressors to our life, our, our libido is, is oftentimes like one of the first things to take a hit.
5: Yeah. And I think it's different for different people, for sure. Like
3: mm-hmm. some people
5: stress can, you know, they want to relieve stress through sex and connection and yeah. other people it's, it can be the opposite it's i'm so stressed that I can't actually be you know present in that moment or get in that headspace that I need to be in to have sex, so it can impact people in very different ways and especially depending on the context and the different roles that you have and the responsibilities that you have and the different stressors you are experiencing as well
3: right, yeah, yeah, I guess it, it kind of reminds me of when i 'm stressed, I just uh spend copious amounts of money on shit that i don't need uh, so <laughs> That's a form uh, of masturbation. That's that's a form of masturbation for sure,
2: yeah. Uh, (laughs) I love that. But then, you know, it's also true that more than ever, people are not living with their romantic or sexual partners. So then there's this whole other, you know, essential travel um, component Mm. to getting from my house to my sexual partner's house. And then... Actually, maybe not being as aware as I would be with my living partner of like what that person's bubble entails and what they feel is risky and what they feel is safe. You know, their own mm. metrics for that are bound to be different than mine in some way. You know, if I yeah, forget I, my mask, I I, 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 yeah. I still. We'll go to the grocery store without it, but I'll keep my distance. But a lot of people be like, "No, you just turn around and you go home. You go get your mask. There's no reason to go in there without it."
3: Yeah, it's funny. Like I remember in the thick of it, like when we were deep in lockdown, I was like, you know, I was I was like, "What am I? Who am I going to have sex with?" Like I I I'm immunocompromised, and I was like, "I I got it. I got to find." Another immunocompromised person, somebody who also just lives in a goddamn bubble, and then we can just have our own little bubble. Uh, But didn't work out that way.
2: Hard to partner up with
3: that as your only like common. I know. I know. Are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have stuck alone by yourself? Do you have an an incurable chronic lung disease too? Cool. Let's hang out. Um, Bridie, I know that you, we had, um, uh, we, we kind of let our, our, um, our listeners and our, our patrons know that we were going to be sitting down with Dr. Wood today. Mm-hmm. And there was a list of, of questions that came in from some of our listeners. I feel like it'd be a good opportunity to kind of, uh, fire off some of these questions to, again, a smart person doctor, because <laughs> I don't know shit about shit so uh this is a good opportunity to take advantage of someone who knows something about something
2: um okay so the first question uh, that came in was is it worth getting even the slightest hope up about group play while we're still living in this pre-vaccine era
1: hmm.
2: oh, i feel like my answer might be a little bit of a bummer
5: um Uh-uh-uh. bum away <laughs> So right now, you know, the guidelines are to limit large gatherings of, you know, any type. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that said, if you live in an area where guidelines state it's okay to, you know, have a social bubble. So in in a lot of places in Canada the you know, we talk about having these social bubbles of, you know, a certain amount of people or combining households or however you want to kind of word or phrase that same kind of concept. And if you have people in your bubble that want to engage in group play, and you've all agreed that you're, you know, you're in the same social bubble when you're not, you know, you're not engaging in close personal contact with anyone else, like game on for group play. Um, And if you're concerned about your risk in that situation for COVID-19, you can do things to mitigate that risk, Uh, you know, bring hand sanitizer, you can Incorporate masks into play. You know, maybe limit kissing, which I also kind of think is a bummer because I think kissing is one of my favorites. Kissing
3: is the funnest. Yeah, <laughs> kissing is the best.
5: Uh, do it in a large area that's you know well ventilated. Um, the New York uh, NYC Public Health um, has suggestions for mitigating risk in these situations, um, but also suggests limiting larger sex play gatherings as well. Right. But so yes, you do. You do increase your risk if you're having a larger get-together with people outside of that social bubble, um, social bubble idea. And and the guidelines kind of across the board would suggest minimizing that at this time, which, you know, is yeah. a bit of a bummer.
3: It yeah. would be such a bummer, though, to get COVID from an orgy. You know, like that would just be
2: <sighs> I mean,
3: the, the contact worst. tracing
2: would be a nightmare.
3: Mm-hmm. Or, well, would it? Or would it just be pretty goddamn easy? You know, I mean- like... Yeah, everyone that's, was on top of each other. But so. there were
2: fifteen of them, yeah, and all right, of those yeah, fifteen right. people.
3: <laughs> right, 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 right. right. I love
2: that this yeah. listener also mentioned that um, that that if the uh, the door if their sex club ever reopens, if they're gonna they're gonna kick the door down and stomp in there. And I have this like beautiful image of like an apocalyptic, you know, group of orgies <laughs> fuckers <laughs> like inhabiting yeah, yeah. the sex mad club Max. and yeah. yeah, mad maxing it out totally. at the sex club. So oh, that could be hot. you. I like that. I mean, that's cool. You know Great. what? You can, be, you can do anything you
3: want. You're an adult. Um, we got another question here. Um, uh, and this, this is actually one that I, uh, that I was curious about. Is it safe to have one night stands ever again? I'm nervous. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not nervous, but that's what they said. They, they said, I'm nervous, but I'm nervous yeah. too. I'm nervous too. Help.
5: Yeah, I understand that, that feeling of being nervous. <laughs> I think that's a, a totally understandable and normal feeling at this point mm. in time. I mean, I wouldn't say never again, because I do hope we get an effective vaccine that will be, you know, taken up and distributed equitably. Yeah. But right now, like knowing who your partner is in close personal contact with and them knowing about your contacts and limiting our close personal contacts with people is really key to preventing the spread of COVID-19. And so that, you know, does put some challenges on, you know, the, the one night stand concept of, you know it depends on what your one night stand concept is. Um, If your one night stand concept is, I know this person, we want to have sex one time, and we're going to, you know, maybe we're going to try to take some mitigating um, strategies into place, like maybe we're both going to isolate for a little while, and then we're going to meet and have sex once, and then we're going to isolate again and, and monitor our symptoms. That might be quite different than, you know, finding someone on Tinder and meeting up for a night when you don't know anything about them, you don't know who they've been in close yeah. personal contact with, you don't know their exposure, they don't know anything about you, that will definitely kind of put you at an increased risk for exposure to COVID-19. And I think one thing we've got to remember is that before the pandemic, one night stands was you know about you and that other person or people. So whether you knew a lot about each other or wanted to have you know an extended social relationship with them, there was no one else involved in that decision. However, now our decisions to engage with other people that are outside of our, our home or outside of our social bubbles can also mm. directly impact other people in our lives and in our communities. So we need to consider that as well in our decision-making. And I think that's why it's also important to think about and consider like whether you're making a decision about new partners or in general, um, thinking about you know, where you live, what the case numbers are, your own personal context. Mm. So who do you live with? Um, do these, these people have a higher chance of getting really sick from COVID-19? So what are, what are each person's own personal context and what does that look like for your risk assessment?
3: God, it's such a, it's such an equation, you know, it's, there's so many layers to it. Um, and again, it's like these things that we, we wouldn't typically, it's so, man, oh, I can't, I, I beat this, I beat this sentiment to death, but I can't get over how, Fucking seven months ago, if you had said we're, where we're going to be right now, I'd be like, "What? Like what? What dystopian weird world are you f- talking about? Like, let's say it's it's so bizarre." <clears throat> um, bride, uh, before I go down that rabbit hole any further, please uh, <laughs> just hit us with uh, another uh, sample question. Okay, or- so
2: here, here's a here's another question, and. Um, and cuz we did ask for people to submit confessions if they had anything they wanted to get off their chest. So this one came in anonymously. Oh. Um I'm in a polyamorous relationship with two partners neither of whom live with me. I keep seeing both of them feeling sick with guilt and worry that I'm putting myself and others at risk, mm. but I need touch. My mental and emotional health is already frayed. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> like
5: that's you know, I these isolation measures, the physical distancing guidelines, they've been tough on relationships across the board, including people in multi-partnered relationships. And, you know, I think there's definitely some, you know, huge pros to polyamorous relationships during this time, right? You've potentially got more social support to draw from um, in different ways. But then if you're in different households, it can be really challenging as, you know, you may not be able to see these people with isolation and physical distancing guidelines, again, depending on where you live. So things might look a little bit different in places parts of Canada than say parts of the U.S. um, where case numbers in the community are very very high so I'm not sure like if you have like a lot of listeners in Canada versus a lot of listeners in the U.S. but it would probably you know people's decision making skill decision making would probably look quite different in those different geographical locations
2: Mm.
5: and I think that things will probably also look different whether it's you know, say like a closed versus an open relationship system. Um, Mm. So if you've got like four people or three people who are in a, say closed relationship system just with each other and they live in different households, um, you know, and they've got low case communities or low case numbers in the community, and you're, you know, you've got like a social bubble. Can can you combine e- into each other's households and uh, into that social bubble together? And you know, the three of you work well together in that in that sense. Mm. Um, the cha- more challenges arise, I think, too, with polyamorous relationships when you know you you've got you know, say, a couple partners, and they've got other partners, and they've got different partners, and mm. it, you have to make these really hard assessments and decisions on, you know, who is going to see who or whom. I'm not actually sure how you use who and whom. <laughs> um, Join the club. Got to look that up. <laughs> uh, and be really challenging and, you know, might in some cases come across as like a hierarchical approach because it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm living with these people, but I don't adhere to a hierarchical approach mm-hmm. to polyamory. Um, but then the implementation of that feels know not good because maybe you don't want that hierarchical approach but it feels like it is so there's so many different factors that come into play i think with the multi-partnered relationships Mm -hmm. Um, one thing i think that i was kind of thinking about is that conversations about this may look different um, than some polyamorous people may have had in the past so perhaps before in some relationships you know maybe people didn't need to know a lot about the details um, of their metamors or like how their metamors are interacting with other people. Mm, mm -hmm. But now if you're seeing a partner, you're going to want to know more about their partners and what their partners are doing what their Mm. exposure is to other people um, in order to make an informed decision as, as informed decision as possible.
3: Yeah. So I think there's there's a lot of
5: things to think about.
3: Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that as like in the, in the, in the sense that like, you know although this is all really challenging and 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 hard like th- through that adversity there is a really wonderful opportunity to work on our communication skills you know <clears throat> we're being forced <clears throat> if we're being forced to if we want to be um if we want to be um safe and if we want to be uh what's the word i'm looking for here um, Consensual. responsible um then then we're kind of required to up our our communication skills with our partners uh, in this time because again it's like you know it's a very it's a very bizarre and and potentially dangerous time to be in that kind of scenario so i i i i, I kind of like the thought that it's like oh great here's an opportunity for us to be a bit better at the way we communicate it might with even our be
2: an in you know to having the those sort of um, those conversations about consent can already be sort of uncomfortable, but like yeah. if you just have yeah. to, mm-hmm. if you absolutely have to, because, you know, we're all experiencing COVID, it's not yeah. just, you know, me experiencing my own, you know, STI that I could potentially, you know, spread. It's like, hey, <laughs> bottom line is we got to talk about this thing. And then the other thing I love about it too is is it's brought that to the surface, but it's also brought to the surface that COVID has oh. like of mental health as a big like a lot of people are talking about it where i never saw mm. it before and then these conversations about sexuality and relationships and they're important to our overall mental health is another mm. huge positive in in all of this um, coming to light
3: um, um, i know we're i know we're coming to time here but uh, before we before we wrap um, i think this will be really fun so again just a reminder um, the guidelines that we were talking about uh, have been brought to us by Trojan and, and through Ccan And so uh, Bridie and I put together a little like sort of tr- true or false uh, questions section that uh, we're just going to like, Kind of rapid fire, uh, rapid fire. I mean, to take as much time as you want to answer these. Um, uh, to, and if, to, if, to if it's to not true or false,
2: with... if it's not that, if it's not black and white, feel free to say it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, right. right. I was going to say,
5: like, I'm not very good at true or false. Like, contextualizing <laughs> is my jam. So yeah, right. Okay, great. You <laughs> may not be very good at this
3: game. <laughs> right, let's start the first one. Uh, one of the best strategies for preventing the spread of COVID 19 through sex is masturbation. True or false?
5: I'm gonna say true um, because well, uh, okay. okay I'm, I'm gonna contextualize it. To. Do. If we're thinking of masturbation <laughs> of just as just you by yourself, mm, I'm yeah. gonna say true. If we're th- talking about masturbation with a partner, like mutual masturbation, then I'm gonna say it's a little more gray. If it's a right. partner you live with, you know, treat it like are you experiencing symptoms and. You know what's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. If it's a partner you don't live with, you know maybe maybe you want to do mutual masturbation in a large space with mm. masks on, and you're at like other ends of the room or something. Um, Sexy. You know, so I'm, yeah, that, I think that, that's, a, right. warehouse. Yeah, that's a, lane like, rent a warehouse. a yeah, warehouse. Totally, yes. yeah, warehouse. Oh, it's well just,
2: ventilated. You know,
3: <laughs> play a game of four corners. Everyone just takes their own corner and. <laughs> <Groove sighs> oh,
2: kind of love that. Yeah, that's kind of fun. <laughs> okay, second question. It's safe to use hand sanitizer as a lubricant. Oh, no, Not <laughs> don't
5: do that. Please don't do that. Uh, no do you, do you need there. to contextualize no. that? No, no, I don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, how about this one? Doggy style is a safer position than missionary to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. You-
5: Possibly. Mm. I mean, you are not facing each other. Mm -hmm. If you've got masks on, there's probably a lower chance of having respiratory droplets, you know, in your face. So, okay.
0: (laughs) All
3: right. Yeah. I like it.
2: Um, Wearing a mask and gloves help reduce my chances of getting COVID during sex. I'm going to say masks. Uh,
5: Yeah. It provides a barrier for respiratory droplets gloves can help prevent chances of getting or passing stis um but with covid you know there is some concern sometimes that gloves can give us a false sense of protection and so we may end up kind of not realizing that you know we put gloves on and we think we're totally fine we can do whatever we want with our hands um but you know as soon as we touch the surface or touch another person those gloves are you know contaminated in, in air quotes um or possibly contaminated so if we still have gloves on and we touch our face and touch our eyes, that's still, you know, mm. put that, that at risk. So we, we need to be aware of our hands, I think. Um, right. And, you know, so if we do put gloves on, just don't don't touch your face.
3: Uh, this might be a tough one. Is it safe to masturbate to coronavirus-themed pornography? That's not a true or false question.
5: I think that is a personal preference.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> du- duly noted. <laughs> condoms <Personal preference. laughs>
2: Condoms do not prevent COVID-19. Therefore, you no longer need to use this form of contraception. Okay, mm. hey, that is, that is a, I'm going to say, false.
5: Big, big time. <laughs> big false,
2: yes. Really? If you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: if you use condoms for contraception, continue to use condoms for contraception.
2: Just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't need those <laughs> condoms anymore. They're not effective.
3: All right, let's uh, let's do one more, Bride. All right. Uh, Masturbating is a pleasurable way to reduce stress. True or false?
5: It can absolutely be a pleasurable way to reduce stress. True.
3: Well, uh, Dr. Jessica Wood, this has been an absolute pleasure. And, um, uh, you know, probably should say this uh, off the record, but I would love to have you back on the show uh, sometime to talk about some of the other studies that you've done. Uh, But this is really wonderful. And I want to say thanks again to... Uh, to CCAN and to Trojan for helping put this together because, <clears throat> like we said earlier, we are living in very bizarre times. Everything in our lives has changed, and um, you know we're we're all doing our best to try to navigate this new world. And sex is a big part of a lot of our lives, and we also have to learn how to navigate our way through that. So, thank you for the work that you do mm-hmm. in terms of helping us navigate our way through the weird and wacky world of sex in covid times
5: thank you it's my pleasure to be here and i'm happy to come back anytime and if i can just have like one final closing statement it's
3: yes, please
5: that uh really focus it, it, just to kind of go off of what you said about communication i think that is like the most important kind of take-home message is accessing information and communicating with partners. So whether that's mm. you know communicating about your you know risk of getting or passing COVID-19, whether you're not feeling well, whether you've gone outside the boundaries that you've agreed upon, what are the boundaries that you're agreeing upon? What is mm. your social bubble? Talking to your partners, upping your game with your communication, what are your sexual likes and dislikes? Do we want to do this, you know, online versus in person? Communication is so incredibly important right now and it will help you to, you know, be better have a better relationship and also to you know better assess your risk
3: Cool. well again thank you, thank you so, you so much. much for taking the time today it was really fun thank you Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation uh, with Dr. Jessica Wood. And again, we're going to get her back on the show, I think, in the future. I really look forward to it. Uh, Bridie had to go. She had an appointment. And so uh, she had to bounce out of here. So I'm just going to wrap this up myself. We love all of you. Uh, We think the world of you. If you've been listening to this podcast and you've been supporting this podcast over the years, uh, truly, truly, we cannot uh, thank you enough to all of our lovely patrons we we really love you and again if you want to watch the uh, the intro the foreplay segment of our podcasts uh, we are now recording those through video and we are posting them on our patreon so go on over to patreon.com slash on and check that out um, again thank you all so much I can love you and uh, and oh and yeah you know what we'll talk about this next week it's all good All right. Uh, Without further ado, that is it for this week. Until next week, go fuck yourself.